Good evening. It's time to start our evening devotional. Our first song this evening will be number 963, More Precious Than Silver. <clears throat> well, it's only one verse, so we're going to sing it through twice, if that's okay. <clears throat> Compared with you, Lord. 
Good evening. Uh, you will want to be aware this week that uh, the uh, Pittmans are going to have their twins baby shower. It's going to be Saturday, April 24th from 1 to 3 in the multipurpose room. Um, more info is going to be coming in the Bulletin Sunday, but mark your calendar now for this awesome event. We're super excited for them. They're registered at Target and on Amazon. Uh, Mary Alice is still at St. Mary's. She uh, might be there for a little bit longer. She's showing signs of improvement, though, so that's good news. John Klein had knee surgery this week, or last week, and he is doing well at home. Christian Ward's going to see some doctors this week at the Cleveland Clinic, and she is uh, hoping for a good report, so let's be in prayer for that as well. Uh, Wayne Stevens, Hilda's son, Jerry's brother, is going to be having knee replacement surgery, uh, so be in prayer for him. And uh, Sherry let me know that Leland Doc Ward Jr. Uh, has COVID, and he's in the hospital on events, so you want to be in prayer for, for him as well. Be sure to check the prayer list uh, on our Sunday bulletin sheet and for all the others that are mentioned um, there. Tonight, David's got our devotional, and Jackson will have our closing prayer. And I have our opening prayer. When you preach, forget about this stuff. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We are humbled to be able to come into your presence, Father. We love you so much, and we are grateful that you love us, Father. We're thankful for your word that you've given to us that teaches us how to know you, how to be in a relationship with you, Father. We're grateful for the period of singing tonight that we have to uplift our, our hearts in homage to you, Father, as we worship. We pray that our minds will be focused on you and that we'll be able to close out all the things that are on our minds and truly focus on you in this time of worship, Father. We're thankful for this congregation, Father. We pray that she will grow, that you will bless uh, your congregation in this place, uh, as well as across the world. Give us open doors to teach the truth, Father. Uh, help us to be shining examples of what you would have us to be as your people, people who are called by your name, Father, that are called out of darkness and, and the things that, that pull at us. Father, we pray that you'll make our paths clear as we try our hardest to come towards you and to stay close to you, Father. Continue to watch over us and be with us and lift us up, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Seven hundred thirty eight. We will glorify the King of Kings. We get all four verses in that. <clears throat> we will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the
come before thee now. <coughs> Lord, we come before thee now, and What will you do with Jesus? 739. Good evening. It's good to see everybody here. This evening, I um, can't believe it's been over a year since I've gotten up here. So I'm kind of a little bit of nervous. Uh, so, but um, hopefully uh, it's a good lesson for you this evening. If you had to think of one person, one person that you would raise from the dead, who would that be and why? Maybe it would be a parent. Maybe it'd be a husband, a wife, maybe a child, maybe a best friend. Whoever it is, if you could raise that person from the dead, and why would you do that? If you'll take your Bibles and open them to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. This is where, in the... In the Bible or the chapter where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, Lazarus is from 
Bethany. That's where Mary and her sister Martha lived as well. And Lazarus is sick here. He's deathly ill sick. Now we know that Jesus loved Nazareth because it says in the Bible that he wept when he passed. When I would always ask the kids in class their favorite Bible verse that they memorized, it was always Jesus wept. They thought it was funny. They always, they still do. It's, but um, Jesus loved Nazareth. Uh, Loves, not Nazareth, I'm thinking of a rock band, Nazareth, again. Love Lazarus. Now, if you had a friend who was deathly ill, if you had a friend who was deathly ill, what would you do? I mean, you probably wouldn't hesitate to go see that person. You'd probably jump in your car immediately to go see that person. That person would be your top priority. That person would be at the top of your list. But Lazarus Hill here, he dies of his illness. So what so Martha sends that someone out to go find Jesus. Listen to what Jesus does here in verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick. He stayed where he was for two more days. Then in verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in a tomb for four days. Jesus waits two days, and Lazarus has already been dead for four days. Why do you think Jesus didn't go immediately to go see what was going on with Lazarus? I mean, was he afraid of being killed in Judea? Was it because he didn't always do what the people told him to do? Listen to what he does here in verse 11 through 15. He says, After he had said this, he went to tell them, O oh friend, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he is asleep, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he totally plain, to, told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I am not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Jesus didn't go to him because he wanted God to have all the glory. He wanted God to have all the glory. You know, we've all faced tough situations in life. And I believe facing a loved one who had passed away is a tough situation in our life. We've all faced tough situations in our lives that have stretched our faith to no end. Now, do you know what the hardest thing for a preacher to do is? Now, I don't know if this is for Chris, but for me, this is. It's doing a funeral for a non-Christian. 
Doing a funeral for a non-Christian is hard to do. Have you ever attended a funeral for a non-Christian before? Someone that you knew that had no hope for eternity with God? Those are tough funerals to preach on. I mean, because you can't sit there and preach them into heaven. You can't save them after their time had passed. Jesus says in verse 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, to her and he's speaking to Martha here, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Now on a scale from 1 to 10, how confident, I mean, completely confident. Are you that you will live and have eternal life in heaven? On a scale from one to ten. I mean, what evidence do you have supporting that evidence of confidence that you have? I mean, maybe there are some of us who still have some old clothes in the closet that need to shed off before we can feel truly free in Christ. You see, as a Christian, when we lose, when we lose a loved one, maybe it's that parent, brother or sister, child, best friend, As a Christian, we have something going for us. We have hope. We have hope. Hope of salvation. Hope of eternal life with God. I mean, we've all been through tough times. We've all been through tough times in life. We've all been through tough times in death and grief and anxiety. But we have hope. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And who believes in me will live. Even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. But then he asked this. Do you believe this? Jesus here, he's asking Martha a question. Why do you think Jesus is asking this question? I mean, is it a test? Is it something that he wants Martha to think hard on? Why is he asking this question? Do you believe this? Let's find the answer in our Bibles in verse 21. Verse 21 said, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answers back, I know he will rise again in the resurrection 
at the last day. Now Martha here, she's sitting there thinking that Lazarus will rise again on the last days of earth. What Martha does here, she doesn't think that the Son of God will rise Lazarus from the dead. Now, what does Martha do? Same thing a lot of us do. Martha puts limitations on God. Now, sometimes we, we think to ourselves, you know, I'm not going to pray right now for that person because God's too busy to sit here and hear my prayers. Or maybe that the cancer is too strong in order to save that person through prayer. Or maybe I'm not going to teach a Bible class because I work 40 hours a week and I'm tired by the time church starts. Or maybe I'm not going to tell that person about how to be saved, to have eternal life with God because they, they, they may think I'm weird or I'm a Bible thumper. We put limitations on God when there are no limitations. If you will turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. This is the last Bible verse we'll look at this evening. That's Hebrews 10, verse 23. And it reads... Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises is faithful. We put our hope in him because he is faithful. He can raise Lazarus from the dead. He can heal the sick. He can move mountains. He can do so many things. He can answer our prayers. Why do we sometimes struggle with putting our hope, all of our hope, into Him? Yes, we are going to miss those loved ones. We are going to miss those memories. We are going to miss their presence. We are going to miss the way they talk, they act, even their smell. But we have hope. We have hope in Him. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by my believing in me will never die. I believe in that promise. I believe in that promise. Don't you? Now, maybe this evening you've been struggling with your faith, your hope. And 
you want on that scale from 1 to 10 to be a 10. You want to feel confident. And you need the prayers of the congregation to help lift your spirits. We're more than happy to do that for you. That's what a church family does. We are family here. We help to support each other. Or maybe you haven't been baptized and become a child of God and have eternal life with him. He wants you to come forward as we stand and sing. What will you do with Jesus? The question comes to you, and you must give an answer for something you must do. What shall it be? What shall it be? What shall it be? Was there any other announcements or anything you needed to mention before dismissed? All right, we'll sing 756 when we all get to heaven. We'll just sing the first and last verse of this song. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In love and pride and blessed, he'll
pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us, and thank you for allowing us all to gather here safely, Lord. Please help us to have a good rest of the week and live like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.